there. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. So, hey, I got a good one bubbling up inside of me today. I, I, I hate to say that, but I just, I got, I got a good one bubbling up inside of me. We just had a miracle here. So I, I, you can call them miracles. You don't call them miracles. You can do, do whatever. <clears throat> My precious wife got up this morning. Uh, uh, checks come into Pass Assault Ministries. We record the checks and we have to deposit them just like everybody else does. And uh, yesterday, a bunch of confusion going on, Christmas stuff everywhere, Thanksgiving stuff everywhere, shifting our house around. You guys all know what I'm talking about, right? So in the midst of that, Michelle had, had have to stamp the back of the checks. And uh, uh, and yesterday, in the midst of all the stuff that's going on, three of our grandkids were down here. So Michelle gave them the job of stamping the checks. And we wake up this morning and what? Can't find the checks. Can't find, where are they? She's Michelle's been looking for 35, 40 minutes. Backtracking everything, everything, everything. <laughs> uh, then she just sent me this. She she found him, by the way. That's the miracle. Listen to this. Michelle just wrote this. She says, "Little David, that's my grandson, our grandson. Uh, they just got a, our grand. Uh, my daughter lives up top of the hill. Just got a new puppy. Cute little puppy. Beautiful little puppy. We got a little cage. They put him in. Right, sleep at night. That's what he's supposed to do." Michelle wrote this today. She didn't send it to me. I'm not sure who she sent it to. Yeah, it was to me. Betty Perkins, you're you're on here. I think. Little David went in the dog cage the other day, and I said, get out of there. It just reminded me of the poor children that are trafficked. Wow, Paul's right there a second, huh? Boom. And it really made me sick, she said. And even though he thought it was funny, I didn't think it was funny. She says, I just spent the last hour looking for donation checks. Praise Jesus. I found them buried in the trash, wrapped up in a plastic tablecloth. I've been gone through the trash. The third time was a charm. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Got something good for you today. Got something really, really good for you today. A couple things. That I, I want to try to tie a couple things together. This is one of those shows that I really feel like I need about four hours for that really. Fuck, folks, can I tell you this? And I, I know you received this in the right way. I cannot believe the anointing that falls on me. I cannot believe it. I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm not. I come here every day. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit falls on me. And that's. That's what that's what you, that's what comes out. It's not me. Nothing special about me. My wife, if I'd sit my wife down, she she'd tell you what kind of what I'm like. And then remember this: I I, I learned I'll never forget this. Our daughter Abby was working for a well-known national ministry. She said to me one day, uh, she said, "Dad, I just can't believe 
the anointing that goes on in that place when I see what goes on behind the scenes. She says, how, how can God bless that? My daughter, Abby, said to me. She was about 23, 24. And I said this, and folks, don't ever forget this. <clears throat> I said the gift in that ministry is a gift that God has given to the body. It's not that guy's gift. The guy that stands in the pulpit, it's not his gift. It's he, The Lord has given that gift through a person for the body. It's the gift for the body. And that man will be held accountable for how he handled the gift. Do you understand that, friends? You understand that when the Holy Spirit shows up here every day, it's a gift for you. But I'm going to be held accountable for what I did with that gift. And I, I just give you my word that I will, I, I never, ever, um, what would be the word? I never, ever take advantage of that gift. I never, ever try to tw- twist people's arms for money. I never, no, I never do, I never do any of that stuff. And I never want anybody to think that I'm ever better than anybody else because I am not better than anybody else. And remember this, when I walk down those steps and I sit down in the chair and the gift arrives, the gift is for you. It's not for me. You guys understand that? Because why? He gave gifts to men. He gave gift to men. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body, for the building up the church. That's the purpose of the gift. When I, when I take my car to an auto repair guy, I thank God for his gift. I thank God for it, that he can fix my car. I can't fix it, but he can. Now, he's going to be held accountable as to whether he cut corners and taped a hose together rather than putting a new hose in. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He'll give an account for that. But I think we all need to be really, really conscious and serious about your gift. What's your gift? And are you, how are you using your gift? And are you using your gift to glorify and magnify yourself? Because we have too many people in America's churches who are chasing after the guy with the gift rather than simply receiving the gift. And putting on a pedestal, the guy. Amen. And I just want you to know, as much as I can, that ain't that ain't me. I'm just, I'm just too. I'm amazed. I'm amazed by the stuff that the Lord speaks to me. The Lord speaks. See, this this sounds so crazy, doesn't it? I don't know how to, because people are out there all the time. They're always looking for shysters. They're probably thinking, what's what's this guy angle? He's a shyster because much of Christianity is shysters, isn't it? Isn't most of Christianity shysters? I always wondered if Benny Hinn had the power to heal, why he didn't go into the hospitals. Why did he have to have, why did he have to have crusades? Where people would come and give him a lot of money. If he had that gift of healing, golly, just walk, just go sit in a doctor's office. Just sit on a doctor's office and pray for people when they come in. But there always seems to be money attached to it. Now, the reality of it is it takes money to Make the world go round. It takes money to do this show. But I'm not lining my pockets with money. But it takes, so the question, look, I'm not talking about money. That's, I don't know how I got there. It's important for you to understand, though. How can you expect, you old tightwad, how can you expect God to bless you if you won't let go what you got? Oh, I, that's deep right there. And I could teach that, but I ain't going to go there. Some of you are waiting for the blessing of the Lord to fall upon you. Hell, he can't stuff anything else in your hands. But you're hanging on that little nickel that if you lose that little nickel, you might go broke. Look, some of you are nervous right now because you think I'm trying to hit you up for money. The point I'm making is whatever that gift is, that gift will work in a 5,000 
feed amphitheater, five thousand seat amphitheater, and it will work in your garage. We've been we've spent a Christianity training people to follow the guy with the gift rather than simply receive the gift. Freely I received and freely I give. That's what I try to do here every day with you. And the thing that is so, in my opinion, so effective about this is because you don't have to agree with me. In fact, sometimes I don't even know what I believe. In fact, several times in the midst of doing a study, I go, wow, I've had that wrong. Wow, I missed that one. Many, many times when I, many times, many times. I was having a conversation with Mel yesterday. It's just me, okay? This is just me, just me. Uh, uh, I'm becoming fully convinced, fully persuaded. You know what the Bible says, having been fully persuaded. That what God had, oh, how's that good? Being fully persuaded that what God, it'll come to me. Anyway, I've become fully persuaded that the Sabbath is Saturday. Fully, I'm persuaded of it. I hate to tell Mm. you that. Because we've lived our whole lives doing Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Our entire culture is based on Christian Sunday. At least it used to be, right? Uh, We didn't have ball games on Sundays. Everybody went to church on Sunday. I'm convinced of that. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. There's the word just came to me. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, look, look. Am I going to try to radicalize everybody else and say, listen, you have to be a Sabbath keeper. It's on Saturday. It's on Saturday. Listen, folks, that's just a revelation that you have to have on your own. You just, I mean, you just have to. You just have to. Now, I'm not going to get into that, although I'm sure some of you would like to. But uh, the, uh, the Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's one of the Ten Commandments, isn't it? Well, it might be a good idea if we figured out what the Sabbath day is. That's all I'm going to say about that, because I got so much other stuff I want to get to. Myra, pray us in here real quick. Rest of you, buckle up. This is going to be good. promise you it's going to be good. You'll be glad you tuned in today. Now, look, you some of you have recommended this show to other people. And can I tell you, they ain't got the belly for it. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. 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 They don't have the stomach for it. They cannot let go of their their idols, their beliefs, the lies they've been taught. They cannot let go of those. But I want to encourage you to keep sharing it. And I also want you to know, whatever your belief system is, it is welcome here. You don't have to agree with me or believe like me. You don't have to. Because a lot of the stuff that we argue over, again, the scripture says foolish and unlearned questions avoid for they do engender strifes. We argue over my, we, I, minors. We major on minors. We major on the minors. Most of us in Christianity. I'm going to get into some of this. It's going, it's going to be good. All right, Myra. Huh? Go, go, Myra. Yes, coach. Good morning, Harold. The reading today is going to be from Jeremiah 2.29 through 32. It's up on the screen. He doesn't have it up there yet. Jeremiah. There you go. It is written, Wherefore, will ye plead with me? No, wait a minute. Hey, 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 hey. Wherefore means why. Okay? You understand? Whenever you read wherefore, it's a question. Because you notice there's a question mark at the end of it. 
So wherefore means why will you plead with me? Go ahead. Ye all have transgressed against me, saith the Lord. In vain have I smitten your children. They receive no correction. Your own sword have devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. Man, I could preach there. Go on. Oh, generation, see ye the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness unto Israel, a land of darkness? Wherefore, say my people. Why? Why, say my people? Not wherefore. Why, say my people? Why, say my people? We are lords. We will come no more unto thee. Question mark. No, no. Question mark at the end. We are lords. We will come no more to you. We're not supposed to come to you anymore? Question mark. Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Wow, yeah, wow, wow, wow. Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Oh, Lord, do I want to get into what I want to get in? Go ahead, pray, Myra. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Heidel, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that destroys the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Uh, listen, we're getting, uh, we're getting, thank you for all of you who, who uh, emailed TSC yesterday. Uh, call them. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to amp that thing up. I don't know, Mel. Mel, let's talk about that a little bit more tomorrow as we get that organized. We've got a couple actions that we're looking at, but I want to show you something exactly what's going on. What, uh, before I go any further, uh, real quickly, anybody have uh, any interesting conversations with TSC yesterday that you want to share? Anybody? Because I'm, go- I'm going to show you what's going on here. If you do, click in here now. Go ahead, Jack. Yep. Spent 15 minutes on hold and spoke to a woman for 10 minutes. She uh, really accepted everything I said. I told her that uh, we're, we're no- I was never going to go there until they changed their mind. We had a public apology. And if you want a strong business, you support strong principles. She took it all down. I said, I also will not support, I try not to support any business that's owned or um, influenced by BlackRock. She knew exactly what I was talking about. I was impressed with the lady that I talked to. Jack, I go into Rural King. We have a Rural King. And the whole time I'm in Rural King, they're playing Christian music. The whole time I'm in Rural King, there's Christian music being played over the PA. Emma, come on in. We don't have one in Maine, sorry. Emma. Tom this morning. Yeah, Tom. Yep. Yeah, I, I stopped at TSC there at Heath on 79. And I yeah. asked the manager, uh, you know, if, if he knew about all that stuff. Well, he's clueless. So I, I don't know if the, if, the, if the field troops know what's going on with the corporate or not. Well, uh, we're going to make sure they do. And I, I, listen, I think, they're catching, I think they're catching a lot of heat. I think they're catching a lot of heat. And again, see, this is what I think. Folks, can you imagine? See, this is where the, this is where we get in line. This is where we get in trouble theologically. See, because there's a there's an element of us that's going to say, "Well, coach, it's just what the Bible says it's going to do. It's just going to be like that. Things are going to wax worse and worse, huh? Yeah, coach, it's right there. In, it's right there in Timothy, Second Timothy. You read it right in there, coach. Yeah, yeah, it's just bad. Or I just see I'm the kind of guy I get up in the morning and say, "Man, what if we got a million people to call TSC and say we're never shopping there again?" 
would, would, we, would we win that battle? Well, of course we would. Well, why won't we win that? Why won't we do that? Well, because we have a different theology. Things are just going to get worse, and we're going to get raptured out of here. I'm going somewhere today. Stay with me, I promise, okay? Uh, so click on, I didn't number them today, Hunter, Spencer. I was looking for, I was looking for a deposit today. We finally found it. Big Dan, come on in. And then Spencer, pull up uh, the SS support tractor supply. Pull up the next thing then, Spencer, if you will. Go ahead, uh, Big Dan. Or little Dan, whichever one is. Who's over there, Dan? Got to unmute Sorry, yourself. Sorry, I must have put up my hands up by accident. Okay, well, welcome, Big Dan. What are you thinking? Thank you. Um, no, I'm all with you over this tractor supply, and and I haven't had an opportunity to to contact them, but I will take care of it today. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate. It. Okay, right, so here's, what, here's what's going on, friends. I couldn't I couldn't figure out why. I could see because the church, <clears throat> the convicted Stuart Rhodes. They convicted. He never went inside the building. The kangaroo court convicted Stuart Rhodes. The Oath Keepers convicted him. He was there to protect America. Say what you want to about Stuart Rhodes. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Me, the guy you're looking at here right here, I baptized Stuart Rhodes. I baptized him. I know Stuart Rhodes. Now, I don't know about all the other stuff that goes on about him, but I know there was a kangaroo court in Washington, D.C. that, that convicted Stuart Rhodes. I know that. And, and then number two... Uh, the Senate passed uh, aptly named, what's the name of it? Uh, uh, respect for Marriage Act. <laughs> what a word that is, a respect for Marriage Act, meaning the codifying into law, uh, but but marriage, but sex marriage. That's what, they, that's what they're doing, right? So we, see, we need to start, to, <clears throat> we Christians need to speak a language that the lost world understands. We've got to quit speaking so much Christian ease. Oh, I can't say that word. Oh my goodness, I can't say that. Why? You're in, you're embedded in a world of filth. We have they to learn to speak in a language they understand. Do you get it? You get it? No, you don't. You don't. Don't. So hang on. I'm gonna show you what's going on. Stuart Rhodes. <laughs> Marriage. Oh, maybe maybe the pastors will get upset now because oh my goodness, they might come and get sued. They might they see, they're only worried about their own ass. Sorry, ass in the Bible. Only worried about their own butt, covering their own butt. Oh, and protecting our finances here. Oh my goodness, if we stand up for Jesus, they might sue us. We might lose our building. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh? That's what. Yeah, that's right. It's going on. Say, coach, you're anointed today. Go ahead and say it because I am. I'm anointed today. So, so what is a TS, an ESG score? This is what's going on, friends. Let me give it to you just a, in a nutshell, okay? An ESG score, thank you, Stephanie. An ESG score stands for what? Environment, social governance. Every business in the world today has what's called an ESC score, by which those who are controlling the monetary system are going to begin to offer loans, reduced interest rates, other stuff based on your ESG score, your environmental, social, and governance score. So here we have uh, TSC, Tractor Supply. They're a good company. 
They're trying to say in the good graces of the overarching, wicked, Luciferian system, the Babylonian system, so they notice that in their score, which I'm going to show you here in a second, uh, they're not doing very good on ESGs. The environmental and their social, they're not doing very good on it. Well, why? Because they're feeding horses and cows and pigs and turkeys and donkeys and mowing grass. So what do they have to do? They have to do something to get the environmental, social, and governmental score up. It's going to hurt their business. So what do they do? They go out and donate money to perverts. Perverts. Look, if all the cows were gay, there wouldn't be no there wouldn't be no TSC. If all the horses were gay, there wouldn't be no TSC. Huh? You ever seen a transgendered uh, cow? Anybody ever seen one out there? It's crazy. So everything about it goes against their values, but they know this. Christians aren't going to say anything, and so we'll just give some money here to this trans to this. <clears throat> Drag Queen Story Hour program will be a sponsor of that, and we'll get a good score. We'll, we'll raise our ESG score. We'll be up higher. Well, our ranking of our company to those Luciferians are in control. We'll look back. You guys with, you with me? Live with me? <laughs> so <clears throat> the people who are in charge, whoever's in charge of running TSC, says we got to get that score up. We got to do. Well, we can do this. How about if they gave a million dollars to Coach Dave Live? That'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd be good on the TSC score. No, it wouldn't be because I'm hate. I'm hate. You're hate. We're hate. So we are discriminated against. They could give two hundred million dollars to Coach Dave Live, and we would change the world with it. But they can't because those who are in control say Coach Dave Live is not a good social score. Don't give to Coach Dave Life. In fact, we just had a, a sizable donation. I don't know how much it was. It was about to come our way, but it didn't come our way because the foundation that was going to give the money to Coach uh, to pass the Salt Ministries didn't give it because uh, the leader said we were a hate group. Yeah. We're still working on that one, by the way. So, so scroll down here. So this is what's going on behind the scenes. Folks, it's happening. When you wonder why all these stores are going woke, broke, going woke, they're going woke because they have to. They have to get their good ESG scores. Now, scroll on down. I'm Put this in the chat. I'm not going to take time to go through it. But I want you to stay right there. I want you to understand what's going on. It affects everything. The company, this will become, folks, stop right there. This will become the system by which Businesses are going to rise and fall. This will become the system. That's the Babylonian system that we're under. Are you guys following me? So TSC is smart enough to know that. So they're trying to get their score up. They think that the Christians didn't really care, right? That's why when you call one, they're baffled. Nobody knows why. Scroll on down. I'm going to, well, no, let's don't do that. I want you to see this. Go to uh, the highest scores. It's the next one down. You want look? Well, hold, stay right there. Stay on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. <clears throat> Here's how you get a good ESC score: climate change, soil and water contamination, renewable energy, environmental policy, the social. Our workers in the factories abroad treated ethically. Do employees earn a living wage? Our facilities regularly inspect to safety work. Can employees take early leave when they're sick or other personal reasons? 
And finally, governance, does the company abide by all local, state, and federal laws? Does the board composition represent diverse backgrounds and perspectives? How does executive and non-executive compensation compare to the company's peer? So in other words, if you want to get advanced at TSC, you got a lot better chance if you're a lesbian. Somebody give me a thumbs up. If they hire a lesbian, are you kidding me? Boom, 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 boom. Boy, those points, ding, 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 ding. You see what's going on? You see, you see what's going on? This, this, is, this is what they're doing. This is what's going on in corporate America. Okay, pull the other one up there, highest scores. Say, Coach, I never heard anything like this ever in my life. My pastor never said anything like this. In fact, Coach, my pastor tells me I shouldn't listen to you. So somebody give me a thumbs up so I know, huh? I know I'm all over it, right? So here they are, the 100 best companies. Scroll on down with the highest scores right here in Columbus. There it is. Number one company in the world, Worthington Industries, Columbus, Ohio. There's their scores. That's how they do it. That's how they measure them. J.B. Hunt. Truck drivers. Are you kidding me? Verzik Analytics. I don't even know what that is. Commercial Services, Market Research, Texas Interest, Apple, First Solar, Phil, you understand, folks? You see what's going on? So we have to continue to keep the pressure on TSC, but it's every company that you're dealing with. There's a top 100. Put it in the chat. You can all check it out later. And listen, if you get a bad ES energy, what is it? Energy, social, and governmental, you get a bad ESG score. Oh, you're in trouble. What's Worthington Industries? Go back, go, go uh, scroll down there, Spence. What's their uh, ESG score? Where is it? E oh, so oh, there you want to go to work. Oh, look at that. They got the highest score in the world. Worthington Industries here in Columbus, Ohio. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna shift gears. Clay, come on in real quick, then I'm shifting gears. And you don't want to miss where I'm going now. Go ahead, Clay. Well, something that uh, everybody in here needs to know is the banking institutions, the finance. Financial institutions, they're participating in this. We found out that our financial institution that we were using is scoring, uh, is participating in getting ESG scores. So we searched all over the place to try to find uh, a bank that didn't participate. And most of them that you talk to on the phone don't even know what this is, even when the bank is participating in it. So we ended up going to a local credit union and, and having to pull all our monies out. Because if they're participating in this and then somebody like us is going out and standing in front of an abortion clinic and we want a loan or, or, or we even want access to our money, we may get cut off in the future. They're not going to give you a loan, Clay. They're not, they're, they're call, uh, some guy wanted to make a donation to, uh, to Pass Assault Ministries and we were a hate group. He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I bet you they're giving to the gay and lesbian lobby, though. You think that same organization is given, given to that? Yeah. So they're all worried about TSC scores, right? All of them are. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna make a left turn on you, okay? Uh, I'm gonna make a I, this is this is critical to me. It's to me. So here's why I think. Uh, here's why we're in the mat. Go ahead, Mark. I saw you pop up here. Before I change subjects, I know you're on the go. Well, I was gonna mention Bitcoin and all of these digital currencies are gonna use that. Okay, so keep that in mind. Your money is gonna be what's called programmed. And you'll be allowed to spend it on the things that they allow you to spend it on using these type of methods. Okay. Amen. So, so Mark, here's what happens. I know I'm, I'm aware of this now. Uh, uh, 
a donor, I don't know what a donor would be. Somebody wants to give a thousand. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But we have like in Ohio, we have what's called the Columbus Foundation. And all of these conglomerates, they're all connected together and money goes into them. And then the Columbus Foundation gives out the money. I think I have the name right. Now, Hire Brett could probably help us out a little bit more on what the name of that foundation is. And the guy who runs the Columbus Foundation, whoever that guy, probably a homo, I'm guessing, or some, certainly some lefty guy, right, has determined we're a hate group. And because he's determined we are a hate group, the guy who wanted to give the money says, God, I can't. It's not an approved charity by the Columbus Foundation. That's the kind of stuff we deal with, right? But but uh, there's no pushback against giving anything to the homos. I, I mean, that's okay. Or transgenderism. or Remember we talked yesterday about our children being at risk and they're after our children? Well, that's what's going on. Go ahead, Jack, quickly. Yeah, real quick. Um, this is what we've been warning about with all the big box stores. They take over the entire market, and then they're controlled by 10 people in the world. So when TSA, TSC was first coming in, I, I asked what that building was going to be. And one of the locals said, they're going to put us out of business. That's what they are. Amen. So we, we, the, the issue isn't the issue. The issue is we've lost, we've lost our economy to a global control freak. That's right. Which is why, I got to say it, which is why your donations to uh, pass this all are so, they're just so critical, folks. They're just so critical. Uh, to keep us gone, I told you, I told you, our, our, it's been a bad, bad two months. Been bad. I get why. I get why. But I've often said if everybody out there just gave 20 bucks a month, if everybody who listened just gave $20 a month, the pressure that it would take off of us. Here. I'm not whining among the Lord's our provider. I get it. You guys are missing out on a blessing. If this were to ever go away, you guys are missing out on blessing. Pull up uh, getting saved because this came up yesterday. Uh, is Joe in here today? Joe, Joe, Joe's always in here, but I don't see him this this morning. So uh, I don't want this to seem like a. Which it's Joe? A cheap, you, Silver. You're always here, Silver. Silver, because you and I had a little. We had a little dialogue uh, afterwards after the show yesterday, on Silver saying the importance of getting people saved. And I agree. All right? I agree. So Joe and I had a little discussion. Pleasant. Loving. I love Joe Silver. I love him. But again, we all don't all agree on theology, do we? And eschatology and all those kind of things. And so Joe made the comment yesterday that we just need to get people saved. And I couldn't agree more. But I came across this. It was written by some guy. It's amazing how this stuff pops up. 2006. I want to read some of this to you, and then I want to hear from you guys. I want you to guys think through this with me. Uh, Who is this guy who wrote this? I I could find it if I kept looking. It says, getting people saved or making disciples. And I'm I'm going to posit this on the table for us today. The church is full of saved people who've never been discipled. Vinny, boom! Give me a boom, Vinny! Boom. <laughs> Boom. We're in the mess we're in today because people are saved but not discipled. They don't even know what salvation means and what they're supposed to do with their salvation. So the argument that Joe and I wouldn't argue this, the point Joe made yesterday, we got to get more people saved. And I I and that didn't sit well with me, Joe. I didn't sit well. I agreed with you, but it didn't sit well with me. Because the churches are full of unsay of saved, undiscipled people, and that's what I had said is that 
as we okay. get people saved, we have to direct them towards discipleship. Amen. Amen. They have to Amen. learn. They have to grow. It's not a matter of getting them saved. Okay. Because for most pla- most places, it's just, oh, I've been saved. Yeah. And they, they, yep. Yep. we're going to get yep. raptured out of here quick. Kind yep. of thing. That's right. That's right. It's a, it's a, that's so wrong. We can't do it that way. Okay, cool. So we're on the same page. But let me run down through this a little bit because it's really good. Therefore, go and make disciples. Do you see anything in the Great Commission about getting people saved? That's a question. Do you guys have you ever do you see anywhere in there where it says go get people saved? Neither do I. Is making a disciple the same as getting someone saved? Hey, folks, I stop and think. Remember I told you when I read the Bible, I stop and think? Is making a disciple, there's a question mark there, Myra. Is making a disciple the same as getting someone saved? Anybody know anybody who would tell you that they're saved and have got no idea what Christianity is about? Raise your hand if you know any of those people. I understand he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. This means in the day of the Lord we will be saved from destruction. If we believe in Christ and are baptized in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have millions of people in the United States who believed in Christ, been water baptized, but most assuredly are not disciples of the Lord. Do you guys know anybody who's saved and is not really a disciple of the Lord? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I know someone will ask if I can be saved without being a disciple. Well, I'm not certain he will be saved from destruction, but I do know he or she, by definition, is not a Christian. What does it mean to... Be a disciple of the Lord. Then Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, let me ask you something. Is the average church in America all about teaching you to deny yourself or come here and we'll tell you how to get more stuff? Which is it? Huh? Does this sound to you like a typical American saved person? Do you know any American Christians who deny themselves and carry their cross behind Jesus? Instead, don't they view the Lord Jesus Christ as the one who helps them get what they want out of life? You don't have to say amen. I'll say amen for you. In the same way, it says in Luke, any of you who does not give up everything, he cannot be my disciple. I'm picking up my own I'm picking up my own toes right now. My own toes are getting marked on. What about the what about the above? Honestly, I think the Christian preachers and evangelists in America <clears throat> insisted that no one can be a Christian unless he gives up everything he has or I'm sorry. If if the Christian preachers said everybody's got to give up everything, we would have the greatest backdoor revival in history. If a pastor is reading these words, why don't you on some Saturday, Sunday morning inform the people that they cannot properly be termed Christian unless they deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Jesus? Everybody with me so far? Anybody want to disagree with anything this guy has written so far? Good. Hang on, Angie. If, if the board then asks you for your resignation, you will know you've not been preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. You're like the unjust steward who changed the ledger so that the debtors did not appear to owe as much as they actually did. And the scripture says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother 
and his wife and his children and his brothers and his sisters. Yes, even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. See, folks, people love themselves too much. We tell everybody, Jesus loves you, and they agree because they love them. And anyone who does not carry his own cross and follow after me cannot be my disciple. And in Luke it says, and he said to them, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. When you think about the above scripture, it makes you wonder if Christian religion of today is the same salvation taught by the Lord Jesus and the apostles of the Lamb. What do you think? Huh? Is that are we preaching today the same message these guys preached? Let me let me tell you what got me started on this discussion. I came across a picture of Christ carrying his cross. <clears throat> Following after him is a great multitude of people carrying their crosses. I became so enamored of this picture, which we are using by permission of the Christian sisters, blah, 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 blah. While I was pondering the picture, I thought, this is not a true representation of American Christians. The American believers are not faithfully carrying their crosses after the Lord Jesus. In fact, the picture of all these people carrying their crosses looks depressing when we think of the happy, positive thinking emphasis of today's evangelical efforts. Wow. Although the truth is the believers in America often are bowed down to the ground with a multitude of emotional and domestic problems. (laughs) This is so good. I wish I'd written this. While I was pondering this picture, I thought, you know, this is not the true representation. Oops, I'm sorry. (laughs) We are not fulfilling the Great Commission. Folks, we are not fulfilling the Great Commission. We are not making disciples and teaching them to keep Christ's commandments. We are not telling them they have to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Jesus. We are advising them that if they will just accept Jesus, their sins will be forgiven, and they will go to heaven when they die. Somebody say amen. That's the shallow gospel we're teaching today. We're teaching salvation, not discipleship. Mm, We We would tell the rich young ruler that if he would just believe in Jesus, he would have eternal life, although it would be nice if he would give a little bit of his riches to the church. May the Lord Jesus, maybe the Lord Jesus is not the same as he was when he walked in the land of Israel. Sorry, the Bible says he is. We've got some kind of unscriptural religion we're preaching. We're making proselytes to our religion instead of cross-carrying disciples. Oh, my goodness. This is good, isn't it? Of any 10,000 converts to our religion, perhaps 25 follow on to know the Lord. I'm going to read that again. Of 10,000 converts to our religion, maybe 25 will be the real deal. Remember this. Jesus said, broad is the way and narrow is the gate. Many come and few find it. That's what he says. That's what it says. Hmm. Well, so what can we do about it? We can pray that God will help us turn from the, our fleshly adaptation of Christianity, begin to make disciples, telling them they must keep 
Christ's commandments if they are to inherit the kingdom of God. In fact, we're not even preaching the kingdom of God. We're preaching go to heaven and live there forever. This is not scriptural. Where have you been hearing that? The saints will be with Christ governing the nations of the earth (laughs) during the thousand-year kingdom age. And then when the present earth and sky flee from the face of God, then the saints will come down from with Christ from heaven and be installed forever on the earth as the new Jerusalem, the holy city, the bride preparing herself. In no manner does the Bible teach that the saints will live in heaven forever. Nowhere does it teach that. Our home is the earth, whether the present earth or the new earth. And we shall live on the earth forever in righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God, Romans uh, 5, I think it is. This is what the Bible teaches. So why are we unscriptural in our goal as well as our method? Why? Are, where do we get the concepts we are preaching and practicing? We are advising people to believe in Christ, be baptized in water, so they can go to heaven and live forever. And Jesus commanded us to go make disciples from the nation, teaching them to keep his commandments. And when they do this, the disciples grow into the image of Christ and enter the rest of God and the place of abiding in the person and the kingdom of God grows and expands. The average believer in America presents no threat to Satan's kingdom. I'm going to read that again, and I want to hear an amen. The average believer in America presents no threat to Satan's kingdom. Amen. Amen. He desires to flee to heaven. Well, he will do nothing of significance for the rest of eternity. Man, that's convicting. I don't know what you guys think. He ought to be preparing himself to appear with with the Lord Jesus Christ to help with the installing of the kingdom of God right here on earth. Today we have numerous plans, seminars, marketing strategies. The goal is to bring more converts into the churches. But we do not have numerous plans, seminars, marketing strategies to make them disciples once they've been brought into the church. Why not? Are we afraid they will leave us if we present the demands of discipleship to them? I think most of this is nothing more than fleshly ambition and is an abomination to our Lord. Boom, Vinny. Boom, Vinny. I think most of this is nothing more than fleshly ambition and is an abomination to the Lord. Boom. I knew a pastor years ago. He was definitely afraid of offending his congregation. So he restricted himself to preaching only those messages that would please them. The inevitable took place. The sincere Christians finally went looking for God, and this pastor was left with a lukewarm crowd that the Lord will surely spit out of his mouth. So good. It's so good, isn't it? What does the scriptures teach us? The scriptures teaches us that the ascended Christ gave gifts of ministry to us. It's what I was just talking about. You're watching the gift of ministry right now in front of you. He gave me this gift. Why? To us that we might bring every believer to the stature of the fullness of Christ. I preach to the saved, not to the lost. Boy, the gifts and ministries are not given for the purpose of bringing in more converts. 
and for the purpose of bringing each believer to spiritual maturity as measured by the fullness of Christ. Another good place to amen. There's another good place to amen. Amen. If this is the case, why don't we place more emphasis on bringing each believer to spiritual maturity? Some expert in the church growth said we must keep on growing, keep on growing, keep on growing. I think his assumption is that new believers become disciples automatically. I think this is, he is mistaken. It takes a terrible travail on the part of ministries of the Spirit to form Christ in people. Do you guys listen to me? Do you have under, do you have any idea? I'm not bragging. Do you have any idea what has happened in my life to get me deeply committed to Christ? Do you have any idea? It ain't been all blessings and parades. You understand that? Do you understand persecution's good? Do you understand that? Do you understand the scripture says, thank God for your problems and trials, for they develop patience and patience, character, character, hope, and hope doesn't disappoint. Do you understand that? We pray for no persecution. Persecution is the weightlifting. I lost my place. Perhaps if we did what the Bible says, the Lord would be pleased to add us to such as it should be saved. We've been predestined to be changed into the image of Christ so we might be his brothers. His brothers. Such change is infinitely more demanding than just believing and being baptized in water and tithing, showing up every Sunday and praying before your meals. Seems to me that we have become devoted wholly to adding more numbers to our particular denomination without giving much thought to the spiritual development of the believers. Wow. Every industry has a department of quality control, but we Christians have no quality control. We assume the more people we have, the more successful we have been. Suppose a machine shop turned out millions of screws and bolts without giving thought to their quality. Company rejoiced in its tremendous output, but there were no gauges or inspectors to determine if the screws and bolts actually worked. (laughs) We would say that the management of the factory was incredibly stupid and doomed to failure. Well, this is precisely what's going on with our Christian strategies. We're turning out millions of believers without determining if our product conforms to the Bible. I don't know if we even have standards by which growth in Christ and God's can be measured. To us, church growth means nothing more than more people under the roof. Speaking of equality control, we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may be present, everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all energy, which so powerfully works in me. Folks, we are in a grand mess today. This goes on and on and on and on and on. It's unbelievable. Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. So, I want to ask you this. Right now, take 38 seconds. Don't include here. And your knowledge of people, how many disciples do you actually know? Go ahead right now, count them. Sold out believers for Christ, unflinching, unyielding, sold out. I'm going to count. Maybe one or two. I have a few more because I hang around these guys. 
I mean, I hang around the Flip Binhams and the Rusty Thomases oh, and yeah. Johnny Routines. I hang around those guys, so I know more. But in my everyday life, I don't know if I know, I don't know, if I know any. I don't know if I know any. Come on in, Angie. Well, ouch and amen this morning, Coach. Um, amen. I just want to say, you know, it's, it's when you were talking about the difference between salvation and discipleship, I look at it as our, our life is supposed to be a living, walking testament to what, what our salvation is. So we are the example, and we have to make sure that we are not only prayed up, but that we are studied up on the scriptures so that we can be a disciple, which is a teacher, somebody that's going conform, out and helping conform, somebody. Conformed to the image of Christ, right? Absolutely. And so one of the things I'm always I'm always frustrated with when you hear pastors like, I just want to share the gospel of Jesus, the good news, right? That's what gospel means, the good news of Jesus. And that is all good and wonderful. But if you're teaching that to somebody who has no reason to understand why they need Jesus, you've got to go back to what John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. You've got to go back in the beginning. You've got to go back and help people understand why they need a savior, why that's important. And that's what the original Testament is. It's a blueprint for why we need a savior. And so, so, when you're so, looking at, yeah. so Andy, the good news is really bad news. Folks, listen, the good news is really bad news, which becomes good news, right? right. Because as Flip Benham told me a long time ago, he says, Coach, the longer you're in ministry, you're going to find out that everybody wants to follow Jesus till they find out where he's going. And he's going to a cross, and he's telling you to grab a hold of yours and follow him. And I don't know if I've ever heard truer words in my life than that. Everybody wants to follow Jesus until they find out where he's going. Right. Well, we're called to be set apart. The word holy, and in, in Hebrew it's kadosh, and the word holy means we are set apart. And if your life looks like and models and is just another carbon copy of what the world is doing out there, then you are not being set apart. You are not Amen. being holy. And so the only <laughs> You're not being discipled. Exactly. And the only I way still... that we can understand that path is to make sure you are studied up and walking the walk that we're supposed to that's outlined in the original blueprint. Okay, so I want the salvation of my Lord and Savior, but not if it turns me into Joel Osteen. I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that. Come on in, Mel. So the Bible is the bread of life. The The article referred to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are in the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, if we did nothing else but understand the Ten Commandments, we'd be well on our way. The Fourth Commandment says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all of them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. I mean, we have to get, I mean, it's the Ten Commandments. It's not complicated. It is clear. And I mean, even in this article, it refers to Sunday. Evil evil men have crept in unawares and changed the truth of God into a lie. I got to run. Mark, come on in. Then Bernie. Yeah, Coach, I want to give you a picture of a a batch of sheep and a shepherd okay that batch of sheep what if they weren't sheep before what if the sheep learned to be a sheep and then became a part of that flock 
Hmm. Well, first of all, they're sheep. They're sheep. They're not wolves. They're they're in the flock. So the church, in my opinion, is exactly that. Somebody goes out and finds a sheep and brings it into the shepherd. Now, the shepherd has a hook. The shepherd is supposed to defend the sheep, but the shepherd has a hook. Why does he have a hook, coach? That's because when a sheep gets out of line, the shepherd hooks it and brings it back into the flock. So what's happening in the church? First of all, they're trying to do the saving. The shepherd is supposed to do the discipling. Okay? The shepherd's a teacher with the flock after they're saved. See, the church is busy trying to do someone else's job when they're supposed to be teaching these deep principles in the word of God, coach. It's all backwards. The shepherds have a hook to hook the LGBT. They're standing out on the steps hooking the evil coach. Yes, they are. Can you see it? I do see it. Absolutely. Evil men crept in unawares. Bernie, come on in. Then Janine. Yeah, thanks, coach. This is you're right on target this morning. That's that's um that's incredible. Now, what if we ta- told our kids that the goal of parenting was to have babies, but not to raise them. I mean, that's that's the analogy I'm seeing going through here. Wow, very good, Bernie. Yeah, tell our kids, hey, listen, go go around and sleep with whoever you want to and create a lot of babies and then let the government raise them. We wouldn't do that, would we, Bernie? Yeah. But we are. It's called school. Go ahead. I have a, there's a, I'm going to throw, out in the after show, I'll throw a link to a, a sermon by Richard Baxter, an old Puritan. On fornication, and I've never heard anybody preach on this, but it's done so well. So I'll, I'll put it in the after show. So thanks, man. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Janine, then Silver. Amen, Mel. The Sabbath is really important. The there's the Scripture says the word goes in the mouth and it tastes really good, but when it's really bitter when it hits the belly because you can't handle the truth. There's one Amen. Sabbath, one Lord, one word, one baptism. If we get back to the, the, the true word of God, it'll be so simple and it, and it won't be so bitter to the belly. But Amen. how can we Amen. have such indigestion in this queue yeah. with different words and different, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's that. Amen. Silver. Coach, thank you. This has been an amazing show today. Okay. I know it's going to be one. It helps to illustrate the issues that we're seeing within the church. The fact that you agree that Sabbath is on Saturday. That's awesome. You know, I do that teaching on, on Saturday. It's not a teaching. It's just a reading of all the, the, the scriptures for that Sabbath, Torah, half Torah, and New Testament. And we put all that together. It takes an hour, hour and a half, and then we're done. You know, we can discuss various things about it and that kind of stuff. But it's the only thing I know of where if you go to any Messianic or Jewish uh, show on Sabbath, they're going to do a little bit and then talk about it. Okay? The object here is just to read the whole thing. Then we can <clears throat> talk about it. So Amen. that's and, – and thank you for this show. It's been an absolute blessing. Uh, we're Thanks. on the right track, Coach. We are. Now, listen, i got to say one more thing. All right? Get out your swords. Get out your swords. Get out your swords. Get ready. Get ready. There ain't no difference between a Messianic Jew and a Messianic Catholic. I'm Messianic. 
Anybody who comes to Jesus is messianic, all right? I'm tired of Jews being messianic Jews as if they're somehow higher qualified than me. Now, look, that's just the way we're programmed to think, right? I'm a messianic Catholic. I'm a messianic Melungeon, right? (laughs) Come on in, Paul. Uh, I get get what you're saying, but it always comes down to one thing for me. Every, Every morning I get up, and I say, take me, God. If you are not struggling every morning to get up and do something, do God's work. You're not doing enough. Amen. That's all I'm going to say. Paul, Amen. listen, folks, I, want us all to, I want us all to think about this really, really. Oh. I, can't, it's, I, can go back, I could go back to the commentary. But the Bible says, greater, has, greater love has no man than this then he would lay down his life for his friend. Can somebody explain to me what that means? Does that mean when you're in trouble, I pray for you? Or does that mean when you lose your home, I move you into mine? Or I give you mine and move into a tent? What does it mean when it says, greater love has no man than this, and he would lay down his life for his friends? That's a profound question, folks. We're not, we're not taught that in modern Christianity. I'll pray for you, brother. I'll pray. Hey, uh, by the way, oh, you're having money problems? Um, have you checked the welfare office? Have you checked down there at the welfare department? Well, so, no, I thought, I thought this was a storehouse. I thought this church was a store. Oh, no, 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 brother. We got to pay for concrete and pews. And Did you see our new smoke machine? In our new light show, oh, we would love to help you, brother. Go check with welfare department. I think I think they'll help. Amen. You. Amen. Because why? Amen. See, somebody come when somebody comes to me with money problems. Why would I not help? If greater love has no man than this, that he would give what's in his wallet to his friend. Now look, that doesn't go without some scrutiny. I'm not going to give my money to a bum who I know is going out and using drugs and smoking crack. And I could do that. But I promise you this here at past assault ministries, if there's a legitimate need, we try to meet it. We try to meet it. Why? That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. And you say, well, coach, it's easy for you because you're giving away other people's money. Well, see, you're dumber than hell. Because it ain't your money. It's his money. And if I love my neighbor as myself, I ain't going to let them suffer financially. Now, I'm not going to pay into, I'm not going to support them if they're frivolously wasting their money. But to be a good uh, discipler, I would show them how to get out of debt, how to manage their money better. I'm not just going to keep giving them $500 every week. And Hang on. Some of you are doing that with your children. Oh, I said it. Michelle, I said it. I said it. Some of you are handicapping your children by thinking you're loving them by supporting them when, in fact, you're making them a slave. And if you love them, you want to stop that. Greater love has no man than this. And he would lay down his life for his friends. That's the model. 
Jesus called us to be. Everybody wants to follow Jesus until they find out where he's going. See you tomorrow.